Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. And yes, indeed, it is a good morning, which I feel a little bit bad about saying that when the next sentence is Jakob Pertl hurt his ankle. That's not very nice of me. But you guys all know what I'm getting at here. It's the thumbnail for the video. It's the title for the video. It's the title in my heart. It might be Kelly Olynyk time. Friends, it might be Kelly Olynyk time. Now, I say might because I don't want to get too carried away. We don't know the severity of Pirtle's ankle tweak. That's hard to say, by the way. Pirtle's ankle tweak. There, I got it on the second try. Uh, he may not miss any games at all. This might be a nothing. But on the off chance, it's a something. Because Toronto plays again tomorrow. They host Dallas. They go every other day this week. It's a four-gamer. We get some Kelly time. I don't really see another pathway forward for the Raptors besides starting Olenek. They could run real small, but that wouldn't last long. That would basically be Scotty Barnes at the five. Because the rest of that, I mean, I don't know. You guys will, you know, we're going to get into the the roster in a minute here the Raptors are a small basketball team by all accounts not like everybody on the roster is little just that they don't have a whole lot of size they traded away uh Pascal Siakam they traded away OG Ananobi and the guys they got back RJ Barrett it's kind of like the big one in that deal and then Olenek came back in the other one Kelly's the big man on that club so, yes, you will see some Scotty at the five, but it ain't going to be all that much. And if you look at the numbers yesterday, and we're going to get into that in just a second again, there were like four-ish minutes that Pirtle and Olenek didn't account for at the center position. That's not to say that Olenek's going to play 44 minutes at center, but it is to say that if Pirtle has to miss a ball game, and I firmly believe that this is one of those scenarios where it doesn't matter if you're head-to-head, if you're Roto, whatever, if you get a start and a full game of numbers out of Kelly Olynyk, you take it, even if it doesn't explicitly add to your games played in a given week. And this requires another chat, actually. So uh, let's do this before we even... I haven't even said hello yet, but we're, we launched freaking... Face first, we're plowing at 100 miles an hour right into the Kelly Olynyk discussion. There is a, a class of player, and Olynyk isn't in it, but there's a class of player. Although technically, I guess for our purposes here, Kelly is in it. That player is, if that guy, whatever it is, in this case it's Olynyk, but it could be any number of other guys is probably, you know, Somewhere between like 30 and 50 of them in the NBA. Where if they get full starters minutes, they are basically double the production of a streamer level guy. So obviously the guys at the top of the board, everybody through like basically the top 35 is in that department. You can look at a guy like De'Aaron Fox as an example. 27 points, almost three three three-pointers, two boards, five and a half assists, almost two steals. That's basically double what you're getting out of somebody that you yanked off the waiver wire to plop into that spot. The guy you're picking up is probably going to give you like 13, 2, and 3 with a steal. That's half of what De'Aaron Fox is doing. 
So that level of player, and then, you know, the cutoff is, is blurry a bit because of percentages and how that impacts a player's ranking, but, like, the guys around that point are roughly double the production of a streamer-level guy. And those aren't the only guys that are doing it. Those are just the guys that are doing it every night. Kelly Olynyk is a guy like that, and we know it because when he gets full starters minutes, he's close to double the production of a traditional streamer level guy. We haven't really seen it this year. I don't think he's had a single game. Did he have a game where he hit 30 minutes? One. He had one game this year. December 21st. I was skimming through the game log here. One game this year where he cracked 30 minutes. He played 34 and a half. This is back in his Utah days, ages, ages ago. Uh, 27 points, three boards, six assists, four steals, three three-pointers, 10 out of 16 from the field, 4 of 4 at the free throw line. Yeah, that's double. There's a couple other games in there that are sort of like nuzzling up against it. He had a 29-minute game. If you want to say like starter. Oh, you know what? I found one. November 22nd, 13, 9, and 5, a steal and a block, and a perfect 5 for 5 from the field and 3 for 3 at the free throw line. But this is this is Olenek, and this is Olenek even in, in situations where he's not a, an exceptionally high usage guy. We don't even need the Houston Rockets iteration of him where he was also a usage dude. So he plays full starters minutes there, and he was taking double-digit shots a game. We don't even need that guy. We just need the guy that's going to play 28, 29, 30 minutes because if he's out there that long, he's going to get you eight rebounds. He's probably going to get you five assists because the dude can pass like a son of a gun. He's going to hit a three-pointer, maybe more than one, and his percentages are going to be awesome. He gets steals and blocks, and again, just by being out there that long on a team that wants to play fast, open, free, he's going to be in double-digit points also. So again, just look at the game log. We already talked about a couple of them. There were one or two other ones. December 13th, he played 29 minutes. He had nine points, 10 boards, eight assists, so a near triple-double. December 16th, he played 29 minutes. He had nine points, five boards, 13 assists, a steal, a block, and a three. But that's basically it. He had a 27-minute game at the end of December where he went for 19-6-10, also a near triple-double. There aren't that many guys in the NBA that push triple-double when they get starters minutes on good percentages. Both. Both. So if you guys are wondering why I make such a frickin' stink about Kelly Olenek, this is why. The dude's playing 20 minutes a game right now, and he's inside the top 140. Technically, he's been startable in a lot of formats this year. But that's on 20 minutes and taking just five shots a game. On a team where he's maybe slightly valued a bit more, and that and the minutes increase by 50% into a starter's role, eight points becomes 12, five rebounds becomes seven and a half, four assists becomes six, 1.8 steals becomes 1.2, 0.3 blocks becomes 0.5, which potentially could go even higher, and he's at 55-84 percentages splits. So you're talking 12 points, seven and a half boards, six assists, over a three-pointer, over a steal on good percentages. That's a top 50 run, and that's why I would use a move on him if... So Roto, you pick him up right now because it doesn't cost you anything to use a move. Head-to-head, you probably have to wait until tomorrow to find out if... Hurdle's going to miss a ball game. And if he does, I think you just add him. Even if all you get is one Big Kelly day. Happy, happy Big Kelly day, everyone.
Yeah, we're going big Kelly day today. Uh, and this is before we've even gotten into the box scores from yesterday, but there's only four ball games, and one of them was going to be all about Kelly, so whatever. Good morning again, everybody. The show opening rant. I haven't done a lot of show opening rants lately, but that was fun. I am Dan Vespers. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. You can find me on social at Dan Vespers, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. I hope you guys will indeed find me over there. Please do take a moment at the front end of the show to like, rate, and subscribe. And, of course, hang out with our buddies over at Mans- or, yeah, Manscaped.com. I don't know why I hesitated on that. That's an absolutely. That's an absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Ethos20. Ethos20 is the promo code over there. Make sure to check out our buddies at manscaped.com. Get yourself some sort of hair trimmery. Enjoy the hair trimmery. Clean yourself up. Look pretty like me. Yeah, it's not true. Alrighty. Okay, let's dive into the rest of the stuff from yeah, yesterday. Uh, obviously, the Olenek was the big story. I wanted to open with that. The other stuff from the Raptors-Pacers game... Uh, Grady Dick played 23 minutes. He had 18-5-2 with four three-pointers. Notable, but not pick-upable. He shot seven out of nine. Not a sustainable number. He made all four of his three-pointers. Not a sustainable number. And he basically just sucked Bruce Brown's minutes right into a vacuum and got them all, which is also not necessarily going to happen every ballgame. But he is a guy to keep an eye on for when, if or when, the Raptors decide to pivot on things a little bit. Although, I will say, the uh, the injury to Trey Young may preserve the Raptors' season a little bit longer. They've won three games in a row. They're three and a half games back of the Hawks, so they'll sort of semi-convince themselves they can make a push at this thing here. And so the next four weeks, they're probably just going to play their best guys. At the very least, it might even be longer than that. Indiana, Benedict Matherin, uh, we mentioned him on yesterday's show, recapping the weekend. He's your Aaron Neesmith fill-in guy. I don't get him all right. I got this one right yesterday. I said, look, this is a guy who's putting up numbers even while he's shooting 35%. If he has one good shooting game, it could really be a pop-off kind of evening. And, well, that's what you got here. Don't expect this. The 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 end point here for Matherin's going to be somewhere in between. But the Pacers definitely want Neesmith back. Like, that's the that's the guy at this point. Uh, he's kind of the glue dude. And Matherin was good. Like, make no mistake, he helped the team in the ballgame. Uh, but they need Neesmith back. They need him back for his his defense, this sort of hard nosery. And we just keep watching and like, when is Matherin going to turn a corner? When is he going to start to put some pieces together? One game doth not a corner turned. How is that for poetic? Anyway, you're using him now. That's the point. That's all that really matters in this context. You guys know I'm not an Andrew Nemhard fantasy guy. So uh, Halliburton, Siakam, Matherin, Miles Turner right now. And if you wanted, I'm seeing some people that are kind of down on Halliburton these days. You know, he had the injury, got back from it kind of slowly. He's fallen to number nine in nine category leagues. He got passed by Victor Webanyama last night, who's now number eight. Ridiculous, by the way. Uh... Yeah, Hallie's been fading, but, like, I don't think anybody's going to sell on him. Anyway. Uh, <clears throat> Detroit in New York. Quinton Grimes' revenge game? He played 24 minutes, and he actually looked really good. 14 points, 3 boards, 2 assists, a steal, 3 blocks, and 3 three-pointers. 
The minutes are not there yet. He's working his way back from injury, although the minutes here were lower than his first game back, where he was at 26 minutes. This was 24, which makes me think that getting Grimes all the way up to 28 or higher is going to be a little bit of a tall order. This is a competitive game, so Detroit kind of ran their competitive lineup. Honestly, I'm a little surprised that we didn't see more Grimes and less of maybe Fontecchio, but I think they like Simone's size, the ability to space the floor. I mean, Grimes hit some three-pointers yesterday, too. These things could remain in flux is basically the final point here. We don't always know exactly what a coach is going to do, especially a coach that's been as sort of wonky with rotations and players as Monty Williams has this year. So uh, my thought on Grimes is if you've got a deadweight spot, and you might, because, you know, there were a lot, of, a lot of these speculative pickups after the trade deadline, and, you know, a solid, like, 80 to 85% of them have turned into turds. So if you have one of those guys, you could drop him and just see what's up with Grimes. If you don't have that space, you're, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't drop somebody that I'm feeling that you or I or whoever we are feeling confident in for Grimes. Because, again, there's no guarantee he gets more than 24 minutes the rest of the way. But if he does, and he starts to play with sort of a semi-purpose like he had at the end of last year in New York when everybody was shut down and it was you know Grimes versus the Space Mutants, uh, that would be intriguing. Also of note on Detroit, Isaiah Stewart, the new punchiest player in the NBA. Bobby, uh, Bobby Portis, you have been dethroned. The Nikola Mirotic battle. Could be retired to the annals of history, although I remain very sad about it. Uh, Isaiah Stewart is actually due back for this ballgame. He served his three-game suspension. Uh, the court case was tossed in Phoenix. There's nothing else that's coming of that other than, you know, he's going to be watched very closely by officials, game in and game out. Not that I want you guys to go pick up Isaiah Stewart. I would say watch list Stewart, watch list Grimes is kind of the, or like spec ad if you have a spot for him. Fontecchio is a drop. He's not the fantasy stats that doesn't uh, hold. I, I, I'm a bit worried. The reason I bring up Stewart is more so to say I'm a little worried about what it does to Fontecchio, to Osar Thompson, to Grimes, potentially. It's just another forward slash center that the Pistons are going to be figuring out where to slot in. And generally, Stewart was the starter on this team. Anytime he was available, he basically was starting. I think he had a couple where they tried a bench lineup. But by and large, uh, he's going to be ramped up, and he's going to be a starter. There's a possibility, and this is something I'm wondering, because they sent Boyan Bogdanovich out, they sent Alec Burks out, you know, they swapped a bunch of guys. Marvin Bagley obviously was sent out earlier. That was the, the trade well before the deadline. We haven't really seen Stewart in this new-look Pistons. So is there a universe where maybe he moves into that, like, 130 range, eh, 15%. So I'm not adding any of these guys, again, unless there's a deadweight spot, and then you probably go Grimes just because, like, that's the mystery box. But keep an eye on Stewart. These guys all play again tonight, unless Grimes gets the day off back-to-back uh, -back after coming back from injury. We'll see if he plays in this one. And we'll get, we'll get a data point. That's basically what we want from Detroit right now is a data point. Better, I think, to play it conservatively here and basically just start Cade and uh, Jalen Duran tonight, and then everybody else, you sort of feel it out. 
The Knicks, Isaiah Hartenstein up to 27 minutes. That means if he's playing, he's a start again. Phew. Phew. Uh, so you start the starters. That's an easy one for New York. DiVincenzo, Brunson, Hart, Achua, Hartenstein. Those are the four or five starters for the Knicks, excuse me. And nobody else really matters. In the end. Shams went on first take today. No, sorry. Shams went on whatever his thing is. What is that? Uh, the drop or the, the heat or <laughs> some silly show name. Uh, and he talked about how they're expecting OG Ananobi back in two to three weeks. And that'll knock somebody out of this starting five and possibly a fantasy value. My guess would be a Chua, but it could also be Josh Hart. But until that time, just ride him, man, the way Tibbs is. Jump on it. Brooklyn clobbered the G League Grizzlies. This game was over early, but there was some news from it. Uh, ben Simmons is terrible. Um, for the 31st time, I want nothing to do with Ben Simmons in any format. Cam Thomas got hurt. It was an ankle tweak, but it seemed like kind of a bad one. We don't have a report on how bad yet. I think initial imaging revealed nothing, so that's a good sign. But I'd be f pretty floored if he uh, was able to kind of hang in there um, and play in the very next ball game. I'm thinking that he'll probably miss some kind of time. Uh, in which case, you know, I, I said that Cam Johnson was someone that I was giving a week to last Thursday or Friday. It's Tuesday now. And, you know, honestly, this game wasn't that bad. Cam played 25 minutes, 12-2-3 with a steal and a couple of threes. It's, you know, it's fringe level, so it's not good, good, but it's also not bad. Uh, with Cam Thomas out, that drops a lot of shots back into the bucket. So now Dennis, suddenly Dennis Schroeder actually might be playable for a game or two. Uh, his fantasy game doesn't translate all that well, but with a lot of usage, it might work. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith probably is streamable with Cam Thomas out, just again, because you put an extra couple of shots in the bucket of someone who does the other stuff, and their value jumps a little bit. And then Cam Johnson, I think you got to hold on to here, because suddenly if he goes from nine shots to a dozen, that's how he gets back sort of in the money, so to speak. Over on the Memphis side, uh, I'm going to reiterate exactly what I said on yesterday's show, which is that Jaron Jackson Jr. and Vince Williams Jr., he had a bad ball game here, but those are the two guys that you can actually trust on a night-to-night -night basis. Those are the guys that the Grizzlies are trying to get starters minutes. There is a list now of like eight guys, I think, that all are being guaranteed somewhere between 19 and 25 minutes a game, which isn't enough for any of them to post fantasy value. Those guys are Luke Kennard, uh, Jake Laravia, Santi Aldama, Utah Watanabe, Zaire Williams, Gigi Jackson. So that's six. That might be the number. Because Derrick Rose isn't going to get 20 minutes. His body won't take it. And then uh, Matthew Hurt played only five minutes yesterday. Uh, and then Lamar Stevens would kind of be the seventh. Thing is, and look, everybody's like, ooh, Lamar Stevens. Yeah, he actually has an okay fantasy game. Of all of these guys... The ones that are the most intriguing among the clunker crew, the top four would be, not in any particular order, would be Aldama, Kennard, Stevens, and Gigi Jackson. Gigi I knock off because he's more points league. He doesn't do anything besides shoot. And as you saw yesterday, if it's bad, it's real bad. So knock him out of the mix. 
uh, Aldama, the percentages are going to hold him back. So he's not going to be a guy I'm looking at until Jaron Jackson takes the season off. And then you look at Aldama. So that brings you down to Kennard and Lamar Stevens as the only other guys. Again, this is JJJ, Vince Williams. Those guys are still, to, to me, on the good side of the line. JJJ, of course. Vince Williams is sort of like the questionably good. Uh, and then the next slice is a pretty good fall down, but that's Kennard and Stevens because we've seen Luke. He's not going to play in back-to-backs, but when the game is competitive in a non-back-to-back, he can get up near 30 minutes, and that gets him enough for a nine-cat value. And then Lamar Stevens is a guy we're watching because he hasn't gotten anywhere near 30 minutes, but of all of these guys, this ridiculous list of players of like G-leaguers, no-namers, and whatever, uh, Stevens has the most translatable nine-category fantasy game because he can score, he can rebound, he can get defensive stats, he can get threes, and his percentages are not a train wreck like almost all of the other guys that we just listed off. What do you do? Dan, you're talking a lot. What do I do? What you do is you hold JJJ, you hold Vince Williams, and you don't do anything with everybody else. That's it. Miami was in full streamer mode, and they won, which is like the classic, you know, play up without your guys day. No Jimmy Butler, no Terry Rozier, no Tyler Hero, no Nikola Jovic, all for different reasons. Uh, not not all for different, a couple of those guys for the same reason, suspension. Butler and Jovic do back. Hero was a game-time call, basically, so he could be back in the next one, which uh, is tonight for Miami. Um I don't think Rozier's coming back. Seems like he's probably not quite as close. And then you got, I think, Thomas Bryant, who's also out for a bit longer on the suspension, and Josh Richardson is not all that close. But what you got here was basically, uh, names I just said, four, five rotation players down for the Heat. So yeah, it was cool to see Haywood Highsmith, Jaime Jaquez Jr., DeLon Wright, Kevin Love, Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, six guys that are almost definitely on the wrong side of the cut line moved onto the right side of the cut line. You're like, Dan, how did six guys move up when only like four important guys were out? And the answer is, it's not about how many players, it's about how many minutes and how many shots. Just like minutes and usage. Maybe that's the faster way to do it. Because you take Butler out of the mix, you're taking a 30-some-odd minute guy, and those minutes get split between different dudes. Okay, you know, a few for Duncan Robinson, a few for Caleb Martin, a few for DeLon Wright, a few for Haquez. Okay, that's fine. But it's about who's handling the basketball. When these guys, the yesterday crew, had the basketball, it wasn't to very quickly get it back to Butler or Hero. It was now to do something with it. So Haquez took 17 shots, and Kevin Love took 9 shots in 15 minutes, and Caleb Martin took 14 shots, and Ismith took 9. And DeLon's not going to take shots, but 5 assists. You know when he's just out there, he's going to get you assists, steals, and just do good fantasy stuff. But then the problem, of course, is that tonight you add back a couple of those guys. Maybe it's just Butler and Jovic tonight. Maybe the other guys are all still out. But we can't really do anything with this team until we know precisely who's in and who's out. And in my opinion, until we know precisely who's starting. Because yes, Highsmith had a good game off the bench because he hit a bunch of three-pointers and had four defensive stats. That's not a guy that I trust coming off the bench. 
I don't trust most of these guys coming off the bench. Well, what if DeLon Wright is getting another start tonight? Boom, I'll drop him in. What if Duncan Robinson's getting another start tonight? I'd probably drop him in as well because almost no chance he goes one for 11 again. I liked the 11 assists, Duncan, but you're going to have to hit a shot for me. Caleb Martin? Eh. The reason he had value yesterday is because he got 14 shots, and that just doesn't happen when almost any of the usage guys is out there with him. What if Haquez stays in the starting five and only Butler comes back? Yeah, I'd probably play him. So we got to find out who's back and who's not. We got to find out who's in the starting five. You know, maybe Jovic comes back and he's in the starting five. I would be very nervous about making that move. There will be someone on the heat you can stream tonight. You can feel pretty confident about that. But which one? Not a clue. No freaking idea. And, you know, what's funny is yesterday I got a question on Twitter and someone was like, what do I do with Keegan Murray? And I'm like, I don't know. It feels like a pretty easy hold. And he was like, it hasn't been that easy. He's been bad for a while. I'm like, well, you know, what is bad? Like, he dropped from 50 to, like, late 60s over that stretch. So, yeah, he'd been slower lately. But I was like, no, look, dude, he's an easy hold. He's he's a core guy for this Kings team. And, like, he's going to be a bit streaky. And then whammo. I love when the fates conspire to make me look smart. I don't like when they conspire to make me look like an idiot. It happens. Both of them happen. Yesterday was fun because I said some stuff on Twitter and on the pod, and then the games happened, and it was like, bah, Dan. I talked about Matherin. I talked about Murray. And I talked about Herter and his 30-minute attack. I've talked about Malik Monk being someone that I don't really trust on the Roto side. And it all just happened yesterday. And I don't always get... It was like a clean sweep for Dan's fantasy takes. Just, I just, let me enjoy it for a day. Because most of the time it's going to be like, all right, if I can have a decent hit rate, I'll take it. A decent hit rate is why you guys get to follow me on a show and listen to me yell into the void. But it ain't always that fun. Yesterday we got him. We got him. Anywho, uh, I basically told you the King's angles there. Uh, Harrison Barnes didn't get to play very much and frankly shouldn't get to play very much uh, unless he's getting super hot. I'm, it's not really all that clear where his minutes went. Uh, Trey Lyles played a little bit extra, but mostly it was like the starters just played a crap load yesterday. Anyway, Keegan Murray was good. De'Aaron Fox coming out of a week off. You can say all you want about him getting all-star snubbed, and it's probably true, but damn, this dude's got a lot of energy coming off a week break. Uh, Demonis Sabonis had a quiet triple-double at this point. The way the NBA works these days, that's a thing. That's like a legitimate thing. And, if, you know, you deal with Bam Adebayo, it's going to be a little bit of a tougher hoe, road to hoe. Uh, Kevin Herter didn't shoot the ball well, but again, if he plays 30 minutes, he belongs on rosters. Malik Monk is more a head-to-head guy than a roto guy, and the Kings don't change very much day-to-day. You're really only watching Herter and Monk. That's it. The rest of it is a whole lot of nothing. And believe it or not, that's the whole damn thing. I know, it's a short recap. I didn't expect everybody to come out and join us for this podcast, but I certainly do appreciate those of you that did and hear me uh, got to hear me yell about Kelly Olynyk for the first eight minutes of the episode. People in the chat room are like, should I add Kelly? Did you guys miss the first eight freaking minutes of this show? I'm coming to get you all. Don't do anything in head-to-head until you find out if Jakob Pertl is missing time. If it's on the Roto side, you can add and then hope that he starts tomorrow. But no, you're not dropping someone like a Paul Reed for him. 
You're dropping somebody who sucks. G.G. Jackson, someone got thrown in there. Yeah, perfect. Vince Williams? Eh. Nah, probably not. Not today. Not until you know. If you know he's starting, then you can get a little aggressive. But we don't actually know today. Right now, we're just hoping. On a wing and a prayer. Me hopes, me thinks, me wishes that it shall be Kelly time. Uh, big, big Tuesday coming up tonight. This is sort of your maybe overload day. I think we did the math on yesterday's uh, weekly preview show that in all likelihood, you will be just slightly under overload if you're a 10-start, three-bench league, but you'll actually be just slightly over the overload if you're a 10-start, four-bench league. So 11 games, that's like basically the cusp. It's almost a dead heat. It's basically a coin flip that you're going to be overload today. Somewhere between 9 and 11 of your 13 players are probably going to be going. Uh, a lot of angles to watch tonight, and we're going to talk about those over on Twitter. So if you guys want those, come find me over on social media, at Dan Vespers. I did a Q&A, a free one, in our Sports Ethos Discord yesterday. So I hope all of you guys have joined up there as well. Again, uh, we have a free side. We also have a premium side. And I want to give away some prizes I'm going to give away some prizes, but we're going to be doing that over on Twitter as well. That's at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Ladies and gentlemen, that is that. I will be spending my early afternoon watching uh, the Dodgers spring training game because it's going to be Mookie, Shohei, and and Freddie Freeman. Yeah, I'm a little little goosed up about that. In the meantime, I hope that I will be able to see you guys over uh, over on Twitter. And I don't think I have anything else that I feel like I'm. I, this show is so short. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but it was just a four game card, and this isn't a streaming day, so it's not like you guys need assistance on that front. I think we can just kind of wrap it up. All right, you know what? Qu- quickly, a few questions from the chat room. Should I drop Daniel Gafford for Kelly Olynyk? Not today, but if Kelly's starting tomorrow, then I might give you the okay. Uh, pool for OG. Um, I'm fighting for my playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, you can't take an injured guy if you're fighting for your playoff spot. Sorry. Should I drop Paul Reed for Olenek? No, I don't think you even do it. I don't think you do it at all in this one because you know you're getting like a month more out of Reed. And what is the best case scenario? Like, Pirtle's ankle sprain didn't seem that horrible. Unless news breaks today that Pirtle's going to miss multiple weeks, then that would change my tack here. Uh, so, no. AJ Gri- is A.J. Griffin an ad for ESPN Points Leagues? No, I don't believe so. Not, I don't think 12-teamers. Is G.G. Jackson a drop? Yes. Uh, can you rank the Brooklyn streamer guys next week for Points Leagues? It's hard to do because I don't know if Cam Thomas is going to be in or out. Uh, but that would move Dennis Schroeder up near the top. Cam Johnson would be up near the top. Uh, if those guys are already on rosters... Uh, then Dorian Finney-Smith would be the next name I'd look at. Uh, and then there's a pretty steep drop-off for Brooklyn after that. Uh, the, like, you get to the guys that don't play very much. So you're looking at, like, maybe a Lonnie Walker, because when he's out there, at least he takes a bunch of shots, and that may be as far as I'd go. Uh, should I hold OG or drop? Hold if you can. How early can we move for Brooklyn streamers? Yesterday. Because they got a four-game week this week and a five-game week next week. You ain't going to get any better than that. Dan, what's going on? Not much, Joey. Not much. 
Things got a little easier around the Bespers household just for a moment. Last week, I had four straight days of play-by-play, and my wife worked 14 consecutive days at the hospital. Uh, And this week, she's off, and I only have one day where I play-by-play. And the kids, for the moment, are both healthy enough to go to school. So I got an actual work day. Thanks for asking, Joey. I appreciate it. Uh, Fontecchio or Quentin Grimes? I would prefer Grimes. I think he has a more translatable nine-category game, even if right now the minutes are going to Fontecchio. Odds are neither one of them ends up inside the top 100, but if you're going to take a gamble on someone, Grimes is the is the better bet to be top 100. Are we still projecting a good ceiling for Pajemski? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I think Chris Paul is going to take at least a chunk of his minutes, and that'll be enough to sort of push him outside the startable range. Uh, but Andrew Wiggins just got ruled out for the Warriors tonight, so you probably get at least one more game of pods and uh, that way you don't have to worry about it at least for one more day. And now we'll wrap it up. See, I chewed up an extra two and a half minutes. Oh, should I drop Andrew Nemhard for Aaron Neesmith? Yes, I would do that. And now we're for the third time. This is like the ending of um, the third Lord of the Rings movies where there's like five different endings. First they go home, and then there's the whole, like, hobbits bouncing on a giant white bed, and then there's the everybody saying bye, and then there's crying, and it's like, Come on, this movie's been ending for 25 minutes. I get it was a three-part, nine-hour epic, but 10% of that to be the ending. Well, that's what you got on today's show. 10% of the show was the ending. For real, this time, see you guys over on Twitter. 